This week's podcast, I'm really excited to have one of the Body Science family in the house, the man who earned himself a gold medal at the Tokyo Olympics, Tom Green. How are you, brother? I'm good, mate. How are you? Loving life, and I'm really excited to hear your story. Let's rip in. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy, healthy, and I'm going to throw out the end of this one, gold medalist Tom Green. How are you? I'm good, mate. How about you? I'm good. Now, you're probably one of the nicest athletes that I've ever met. Is it is it really difficult to be an asshole in the boat? Because let's be honest, you can't be a beautiful human and win gold medals. You've got to be somebody who is driven by the what you want like to be a good athlete you've got to be good yourself if you're worried about everything around you and all the dynamics of life around you you don't have the energy you need to be a gold medalist is am i on track here like i'm it's just that you talk to kenny and i love kenny wallace but kenny's got that look in his eye mate you know when you talk to kenny about gold medals and and paddling although he's the guy next door holding the barbie tools he is dead set you see it in his eyes but when i look at you i just see a really nice person and you've got a beautiful history which we'll talk about in relation to you as a, as a human being, how, how did you get the grunt to be the fastest man in the world? Well, for me, it's like uh, I couldn't imagine racing against my competitors and them uh, like despising me or just not liking me. And that's not the case at all with Kenny. You know, his competitors, you know, loved him and, and still love him to this day and look forward to seeing him every single time he's at the course. But uh, for me, I, tr- I try and like, it's hard to say because Kenny also did the same. And I, I guess it's a part of it is Kenny has taught me what I've like, what a lot of the stuff I've learned as well as Jimmy Owens my coach they've kind of done the hard yards you know and they've they've really laid the foundation out for you know myself and, and many like me to be able to try and squeeze every single little bit of performance and um uh, out of our out of our end result and uh it's, it's one of those things where um I, it's like your equipment too if you treat that right it's going to look after you and it's like if you treat everyone else right around you um you know sometimes you might get burnt but then also other times nine times out of ten majority of the majority of the time you know you get looked after and, and people actually just want to be around around you and not just you know sigh and be like okay i'm done training let's go like yeah. i want to go so yeah it's just i guess it is about balance but sometimes you know you're a high performance athlete balance is kind of thrown out the equation you know we're, we're running red line 24 7 and that's what i was so. trying to get here i wasn't saying that you as an athlete you know had to have like a, a, a touch of asshole in you but what what i was trying to say is and oh, this is tough this is a tough podcast for me because i know you personally we spent a lot of time together since you joined the body science family you want you're one of the athletes i love spending time with and the first thing you ever spoke to me about was your charity that you created to give repurposed equipment to kids in foster care. Is that the correct wording that I've used yeah. there? Oh, we, we like to say um, pre-loved, pre-loved devices because then it's just like, because, you know. Mindset. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah. Mate. So when, when I talk about you and, and being that nice person and, and not having that, um, but you are an incredibly giving, generous person. Thank you. And, but, and I mean, I, I spend a lot of time with Kenny too, and I just love when I talk sport to Kenny, you know, he just, you see the switch go, you know, and you, you go, well, the athlete just kicked in and I love that. And mm-hmm. like, that's something that you just don't get enough in your day. Oh, but with you, no matter how much I talk about sport, you got a big grin on your face. You're laughing. You're, you're very rarely seeing you that click. But obviously, you have that click because you've got a gold medal sitting at home, and not many people get those in their life. You, you as a person, like, like I'm trying to get Tom Green out here. Okay, yeah, like, yeah. How, how do you switch? What What is it that happens to you once you get in the boat? Well, you know, for me, it, like it's it's a process, right? Like you can talk to literally any of the support um, that I've had around competition. I remember my first senior world champ. 
lamps, my physio was standing next to me just before I was going to walk down onto the water. And I turned to him, I was like, oh, what's, what's for dinner? <laughs> I was like, oh, I hope it's something good, you know? So I think uh, for me- well, You are an athlete, you're talking about food. <laughs> yeah, true. But, you know, for me, the, the switch is generally, you know, just as I, I go into the start gate. Also, as I said, it's, it's a process. Like, you know, as, as long as you've you've planned and you've trained everything into you that obviously you you want, like your, your goals, if you've trained all of all of the, the trainable things you can do, it, it all starts from, you know, the night before or, you know, actually it starts from- Four years before. Four years yeah. before. Yeah. But- um, I've heard that story. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, like uh, Jean, uh, he, you know, he got absolutely uh, pissed off at me because we were rooming together and I'll just be talking like, uh, I, I'm a nervous talker. Yeah. And, um, and I'll just be talking and then I just see him just pull out his headphones <laughs> and turn them on, put them on and just start listening to music or whatever, um, just to drain me out. It, it's the switches- that's hard because I guess at this stage, um, you know, I, I try and be able to train and race through anything, you know, whatever, you know, life throws at you or whatever the day throws at you or, or racing. You know, I try and just stay as plateau and as level as possible and as calm because, uh, you know, everything's better when, when you can actually take it in. And yeah, so I just try and stay calm. So really. you talk, you're talking to everyone as you're heading out to compete. Have you got headphones on? Are you dancing? What are you doing? Oh, you know, sometimes I'll put some music on, but that's not really to like get in the zone. But it's more so just to try and like wake up a little bit you know try and get the heart rate pumping a bit and yeah i'm the guy that um people hate on the start line because i'll like turn and i'll be like oh good luck mate yeah like <laughs> you're wishing you can bet as good luck yeah legit yeah so you know before you know as we're as we're paddling around i remember um saying to one of the germans i was like, oh the you know saying good luck in german to him and he looked at me he's like what the, what the hell are you doing like and then um at the end of the competition he's like, oh i didn't understand you i'm like yeah okay yeah <laughs> oh no i was annoying you i'm sorry you know like uh even with um, you know, team votes and stuff. I always like say good luck to my to my um, you know, to say to Jean or to like if it's in a K four to everyone around me. And oh, I know it's just something for me. That's a you know a part of the process for me is to just wish them all luck and wish them a good race. So yeah, no, nah, I'm pretty annoying. <laughs> <laughs> you don't finish that approach to life when you finish your race either, because when in your uh, is it called individuals or singles K one yeah okay. individual in, in your yeah. individuals in the K one you didn't have the race you wanted. You went back to your tribe, your your team, and what was the wording you told me before? You said give it to me, throw. What was it like? Oh, I said, so I was, you know, I was lying there. I was like to, you know, all the support that was around me, my coaches and, and some of the sport staff. I was like, just rub the salt in the wounds. Rub like, the salt in the wounds, yeah. yeah. Like give it to me like fresh. I want to I want to learn from this. And and it's really yeah. interesting that you that's your approach you've taken after the race. Yet before the race, you're saying, hey, how are you going? What's happening? You know, life's great. And you, you're that poppy guy. But at the end of the race, you completely, and I mean, obviously, you know, the Olympic, this is why the Olympics is so good. It's like one chance four years like yeah. it's and obviously you know you've said to your team rather salt and they're all probably thinking holy shit what does he mean by that like that's mm. a i mean you were true athletic out there it, it just didn't go to your plan mm. yeah well i think you know the reasoning behind that is, is you know i'd be like that in training you know i've always i've always uh, and in life i've always praised brutal honesty like I find that's, you know, that's the only way that you're going to be able to move forward because at the end of the day, you've got to know what's going on exactly how it's going, you know, not trying to make it, you know, soothing to hear. Um, and so that's for me, that was, you know, day in, day out at training. You know, Jimmy, um, my coach at times, he'll be like, oh, I'll ask him, how is it? And he'll be like, oh, you know, like it's it's good. I was struggling with health uh, health issues at, the, at that time. And um, I was like, no, come on, just tell me how the 
It is like yeah. you know because I, I like I guess being able to to give brutal honesty, you've also got to be able to take it. And for me, I wouldn't say that there's you know that as you said with Kenny, you know the that vision in his eyes. But for me, it's um it's I want to be honest with myself as well as with you know the team, and that's what you know I did before then. That's what I did you know when I was a junior, and it's just kind of um I guess grown grown on me more now that I'm a bit older and a bit more um a bit more like trained you know in, in training and be able to push myself more and i expect more from myself so i just i, I really just try and have that brutal honesty uh, all the way in training and even though when you just want to hear something good you just want your coach to be like you mate, you just you know smashing it but uh at the end of the day if you want that result you've just got to hear it exactly how it is so and mate, yeah. what type of things i mean obviously don't use names here because that's that's personal but what type of things did the boys say to you after the race like you've said let's rub salt in the wounds and have i got that right yeah yeah what, what did they say oh well you know i guess that was heartbreaking uh, as as i was because you know as an athlete you put so much expectation mm. like expectation on yourself and and you expect so much from yourself but you know i like to think of it this way everyone's going to the olympics to win gold but only one person comes home with yeah. that you know only one person comes away from every four years achieving their goals their dreams so you know to be honest with you uh they were just they were just there for me they yeah. were just uh, like you know they, they did say some things just about how the race went like there was nothing you so could it was have more done. what happened in the race and it was more because you had you they had to keep you lifted because you had your next race in which you won the gold medal in coming up so it wasn't a case of you know and that's why i asked that question because obviously you know being one of the the directors at body science or bosses whatever word you want to use you, you you always have to have people in mind i mean if you're not about the people you can't achieve anything that you want all the strategy in the world doesn't work if you don't have people yeah so i was really interested to see what your team and especially kenny because i love kenny mm. um said to you because you know i'm not a gambling man i don't gamble i don't have any gambling accounts but i had money on you for your, your race just so you know like uh, i'll yeah. lay you down <laughs> yeah, like, yeah yeah and it's good because i realize why i don't gamble because i'm not good at it <laughs> but it's um i was i just knew you knew you were at i knew your times i had lots of chats with kenny about where you're at and he just said you were world class mm. and he doesn't throw that around easily because mm. i've never heard that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry kenny <laughs> so um and not that kenny was telling me to, to bet on you he, yeah. he just telling because he obviously well, let's talk about kenny introduced you to us and it was probably one of my funnest days ever mm, i remember it <laughs> <laughs> so brutal but so enjoyable yeah. <laughs> i think it was um you came in you went to shake hands and kenny goes he doesn't know he's a germaphobe he doesn't touch you know like and so yeah. <laughs> and it just went on from there like how to put stickers on paddle how to, yeah. It was one of those days where I've got it on video. I'm going to pull it out one day. It was so funny. But so there's a real relationship between the three of us is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. And what, what, what I really want to get is you're 22. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're a kid, mate. You know what I mean? You've had the biggest race of your life, your individual. You've not achieved what you want to achieve. You've told your peers, rub the salt in the wounds, and you still had more races to do. I'm really interested from a perspective of, I mean, not many of us get to ever sit behind the team, the elite team, let alone the Olympic elite team. Did you need them to, was that your way to say, you know, be honest with me? Did you really want them to rub salt in the wound or, or were you looking for advice on your next race from that? What were you trying to do? Well, uh, of course, like I was, of course I'm looking for advice for the, for the next race, but you know, in doing that, you've got to reflect on what you've just done. So yeah, rubbing the salt in the wounds. What I mean by that is just be brutally honest with me. I don't care how much it hurts right now. Like if we're going to move on from this and, and we, and you gonna, needed that. I, yeah. Like, you know, I've, uh, as 
I said earlier, like I've trained, you know, I've trained myself into this. I've trained, like, you know, trained day in, day out, um, asking these questions, you know, with with the, my coaches and, and my teammates, um, you know, w- what could have been better? Like, I don't care. Okay, did it feel good? Yeah, okay. But what felt bad about it? Um, and, and Kenny put it this way, don't train until you get it right, train until you can't get it wrong. Yeah, nice. You know? And that's like, yeah, that is true. And in doing that, you've got to be able to take that that hard to take you know that, that hard to swallow pill um that brutal honesty and um and yeah so um I, I guess out of that um out of you know lying there and i guess you know feeling a little bit sorry for myself or um just being upset and just disappointed and then you have you know this the support staff around you saying rub the salt in like me saying to them rub the salt in the wounds is kind of them opening the door okay well like let's move on from this like let's learn from it and that's how i how i took that and you know and from that um, we, we actually took out a lot like my physio he would um, my physio would like basically follow me through my whole warm up like he would just be there I guess there's that you know that moral support as well as um, as well as just to make sure that you know I'm not overdoing things or underdoing things and you know the the thing that we came away from from the conversation that we had literally straight afterwards is maybe I did get myself too worked up for the race and maybe I did um, do a little bit too much warm up considering you know we've done three races just before that and the semi-final an hour and a half before um and that's where we went to went into the second event um differently is uh, i guess we try to be more like be in tune a lot more around that and taking consideration what we've just done as well so i actually didn't do as much in my warm-up because we do a like a really big on land warm-up and then and then an on water warm-up as well um and yeah we 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 took away from from having those tough conversations um especially when they count is you know is i guess I, i feel like is one of the reasons why we did win and didn't just podium you know the same with my co2 partner he he kind of went through the same with his individual as well and he was disappointed with his result because all the data and all the stuff that we've been doing it just nothing like uh like nothing it just didn't feel like you know we, we achieved what we could have and um and i guess that's why you know it's called a race is because things don't go to plan yeah. things don't go the way you want them to and you know it wouldn't be uh, you know the highs wouldn't be as high as they would if if that wasn't if that was the case and the lows wouldn't be wouldn't be there because everything would go your way so um you know it's just being able to have that that support and you know the the people around you to actually be honest with you no matter if you are hurting or not because at the end of the day you know our competitors don't care if we if we uh, feel happy, if we feel smooth, if we feel comfortable, you know, they just, they're caring about themselves. Yeah. They're caring about their race, you know, and uh, uh, at the end of the day, if, if you want to be dangerous yourself on the course, you've also got to have good good teammates good competitors in your own training environment so i guess um you know kenny i keep going back to it but he he really pushed me when he was when he was paddling and and i was developing he pushed me hard he's probably got some good stories for you but you know at the end of the day if 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 i didn't get you know exposed you know if i didn't if i didn't expose myself in those sessions um you wouldn't expose yourself in a race so and that just all comes down to just that honesty you know like kenny did he really you know obviously he cared about me but did he cared how how i felt about what he was telling me you know come on mate like seriously like you know go hard try like Mm. stop stop just you know making any excuse or stop just you know taking it easy just because you're hurting like you know so yeah he's a weapon yeah he is (laughs) so do you think that the fact like you're obviously very affected by covid your team travels a lot to compete and i don't believe you'd actually hit out in an international meet leading into the olympics had you oh like i'd i'd done like under 23 like stuff and all this and I, I did senior worlds too but for the events that we raced at the olympics i hadn't competed at a senior event yeah, isn't so, that amazing yeah that so, is that is truly amazing yeah so yeah so i hadn't done k1 thousand 
at a senior um, level. I hadn't done K2. I hadn't, uh, I didn't do K2 at all at a senior level. So yeah, it is like, uh, it, it's pretty incredible when you think about that. Like it we, is, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah. Isn't it? Like we just, had, we had nothing to really benchmark ourselves off apart from data. Because <laughs> you've so. really got to get over to Europe, Europe to know where you're at, don't you? That's where it's at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So obviously you're racing um, against you know, the, the competitors that you'll be racing against at the Olympics, but it also elevates the level, like your level as well, because you're, you know, you're, you're training um, like all season to, to go and race internationally. And, you know, you, you taper like properly for the world champs. You don't taper properly for say world cups or nationals or yep. whatever. So going and racing and, and getting a true benchmark for where you are is, is important. But the most important part about that travel is you go and you go to a destination to train and to isolate yourself to just train recover and you know and just do that day in day out and um that's that's you know crucial and um i guess you know preparing here in australia it did make it it, it had its uh it definitely had its uh downsides like uh you know i'd like to say it had a lot of upsides but um you know the, the downsides kind of outweighed them because there was just so much more stress involved because you know you can't just you know go back to the hotel and go into your room and just put your headphones on or just put music on and just chill and just relax you know you would have to go home and do all these things um and you know life you know life's life, yeah, yeah life's life so um you know that that did make it extremely hard but there's also because of that there's a lot more pressure on you you know uh internally and externally but just because there's so many more moving parts and you can't isolate anything really so um you know it also increases like you know like heap of variables like you know everyone's driving um to and from training from different locations like what if someone gets hurt you know there's yeah. you know and people are doing more things on weekends and stuff so you know what happens if they catch covid you know and those things really were hard to kind of manage out so you know having the let's put it this way i'm really looking forward to our trip overseas soon (laughs) i I really cannot wait and uh it is going to be cold at start but i can't wait for that european summer so yeah nice so mate like how did you how many days after your k1 was your k2 i was literally the next day next day so mate talk us through you've you've finished your race you're on again the next day did you actually sleep well surprisingly yeah like um you know uh that's uh, that's a thing that you also kind of train yourself into is you sleep no matter what like it's yeah. you know it's crucial and you know um i'm not you know the best with my sleep i don't sleep anywhere near enough you know that anywhere near the amount that i should but you know um you've also got to have a bit of a life too so um but yeah no nah, so uh, from what i can remember i did have you know i did sleep uh, was it you know the best and the longest sleep i could have ever had you know i i, I definitely oh, i was definitely thinking about you know that k1 and even just sitting there and just you know just reflecting on my like, man like i just you know i screwed it up i just stuffed it and uh that did take a while to you know kind of um you know get out of my head but then also the same in the same note like you're thinking all right well like you know let's stop let's stop like thinking like you know thinking about all that we've got a job to do so like you know just get your head right and just get ready to race like your job your job's not done you know you're still here you still have have one more event one more event to go and um you know you've got to do what you're here to do so it's epic i love it for such a young human to i mean you're on the you're on the biggest stage in the world but to to take that hit and then go okay so you you've just dropped that and gone new team new boat let's go and did you and this is a really interesting thing for me personally i hope it's not boring others but did you do a massive tactic change from what like the the salt and the wounds chat through to the next time in the boat did you change like you've you've trained for four, oh, over four years leading to that olympics 
for that day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Five, yeah, if, five if you think of it yeah. because of the postponement. But. Did you change any major tactics in your life in that 24 hours? That I guess, you know, I'd like to say no because, like, we still, like, uh, you know, even in the pair, I'd still try and be, you know, brutally honest. Um, and, you know, sometimes some people some people like that, some people don't, you know, it pisses people off yeah. and stuff. But, you know, if, you know, to have an opinion, you've got to be prepared to, you know, feel uncomfortable. But uh, I'd say I, I definitely try to hold a bit more composure yeah um especially in like the warm-ups and stuff like this because you know you're warming up you're like you know you feel like you're ready for battle right like you're you're uh you're warming up and you can you know feel you can you can feel like you know the adrenaline kind of you know looming must around. be out of control yeah but and that's the it's quite funny because you know it would, like you'd feel like that on the land when you're doing your land warm-up and then you hop in the boat and you know um jimmy and, and smithy my coaches would uh you know they'll tap you on the bum before you hop in and they'll tap you on the shoulder like see on the other side but then somehow like as soon as you start paddling like those nerves kind of just go and you're like all right well, let's just this is what let's, we're here for. yeah this is you know this is what we're here for and you know something that i've heard is you know the, the most nerve-wracking thing would be would be making the making the olympic team you know because it's you know that's you're not going to the Olympics unless you make the team, right? So, and then once you're on it, it's just like, yeah, you know, it's it's not exactly how you know how they said how how they said that it would be, because of course, yeah, it's nerve wracking to just make it, but then of course you're going to be nervous before, say, the semi final at the Olympics. Yeah, those those nerves, you know, I just try to compose myself as much as I can just to try and save energy because you know I, I did work myself up pretty pretty badly for the for the k1 i was you know so nervous yeah hi i'm tom green olympic champ from tokyo and if you want the best tasting protein bars on the market you should try the new body science moose range greg you better be testing this mate they're getting drug tested got you covered did you have any last words to john before you, you hit the wards? did you guys have a laugh did you did you say you better fucking go hard mate like where were you at what well like so john and i would actually separate for our online warm-ups oh would you really so i i went off I went elsewhere and I did uh, like my uh, what bike like my yeah. stationary bike warm up uh, elsewhere and then because at that same time you know I've got like you, you basically you, you train a pattern that you do day in day out at training with your yep. warm up like you know the amount of watts how many minutes or seconds you're holding it for trying to get lactate build up um, to try and get you know your body like functioning and then you do band warm ups to try and like activate your shoulders and all this and then we'll do like ball slams and John and I will do all that apart and then we'll come together and do like some medicine ball slams um, and that will be together when we do that because as soon as we do that we're walking down onto the water you know the last words were like as we we're paddling up the course um jean was like oh let's just like not warm up as much you know in the like for the final because he was just like obviously he he felt like he was ready like he didn't feel like he needed to i'm like awesome. okay yeah and he was like oh how are you feeling i'm like yeah good <laughs> well I was, <laughs> I was i was still feeling like pretty fatigued from yeah. from the days before and stuff but i was just like okay you know sometimes it's okay to to lie to yourself a little bit you know i feel epic but i was like nah i, I feel good like let's go let's get it and then obviously yeah, the last words were good luck and then we didn't talk for what three minutes three minutes 15 yeah it was just silence <laughs> all you can hear was the, the water on the boat and the other crews you know doing their thing and calling and all this and you know i guess yeah we just we just stayed in our lane and just i uh, try to have those blinkers on but you can feel you can feel the race around you you know you can't see it but you can feel it yeah. and um you know the whole time i could feel the germans were right next to us in that last 200 but uh, i couldn't see him i was just so focused on jean and so focused on on what my job is and making sure i, I did everything right making sure I, I didn't the way that they put it is 
is for me to do my job, he's got to do his job. Yep. You know, so I've got to do my job perfectly for him to be able to do his job perfectly and vice versa. So, um, you know, and just that's why you just got to try and stay composed, especially in those moments. And, you know, that's what that's what I did and that's what Jean did too. And then, you know, we, we you know, found it in us, you know, in the race and you guys are incredible. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely incredible when you're when you're in a boat in in one of these type of races what are you thinking about during the run is probably a really dumb yeah. question for all you athletes nah. out there i apologize but is are you are you counting are you listening mm. to your breath are you thinking what mum's up to what are you doing well uh, <laughs> i i used to be like oh thinking like super uh you know because you're a pretty complex human in that space you love yeah. thinking yeah, probably a little too much. But um, nah, so, you know, for me, I was just thinking um, the first 100, I'm like, all right, push, 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 like legit, just thinking that for the first 100. And then uh, after the first 100, I was like, all right, like smooth, like just apply power, don't be aggressive with it, you know, mm -hmm. just be really uh, consistent and as smooth as possible to allow Jean to do his job um, and to just have, you know, efficiency. But then, you know, we got to the 500 and I was just like, uh, sorry, we got through the race, I would, I'll continuously think, relax, focus, relax, focus, like, every stroke you know because uh i figured uh, that's what i did at my first ever senior world champs in the k4 i'm like oh yeah i felt like it worked like i felt like you know i felt like i relaxed i didn't make the boat wobble but then you know when we got to the 200 meter boys i was just like oh shit we're just going past the 500 this is a long <laughs> race i'm like oh shit um but then obviously i like that was only a very split that was pretty uh out there thought because i knew where i was in the race i, yeah. I knew that we were at the, at the 200 to go um but then yeah and then i was just continuously thinking just relax, focus, relax, focus, feed, feed, like, you know, try and give as much uh, power as I could. And the way that Jean and I work is we wouldn't just go hell for leather with all of our power in a lift. We would um, kind of like drip feed it. Like we would just go oh, like each stroke, you just add a tiny bit more power. So it's not like all there at once. And so you can do it for a longer period of time. And I guess that's where in the end, um, in the re in the end, that's kind of where we're able to just keep like keep just get it, gaining an inch by inch by inch. Um, and then that also comes down to both Jean and I, we're both races so you can give us a plan but if the race throws something at us we'll um you know adapt i guess and that's that's also one of the things why i was so disappointed in the k1 is because i know i'm a racer like i know i can adapt but i didn't i just I guess I stuck too much to what um what I know or yeah. to what I, I you know what I know I could like what I know I could do and that's why I was obviously so bummed for the with the with the K1 result but then I was just like all right we'll just you know just do what you do you know in in the K2 and that's what we did and that was a massive learning experience so yeah it was an epic race i mean it's yeah. i don't know how many times i've watched it now and yelled at the tv i still yell at the tv when i watch it and i know the result <laughs> but it was one of those great races and yeah. i think it was for me it was just knowing that you were there to you had a job and even though i didn't speak to you after the first race you know you're on the phone you know phone call look at my gold medal yeah 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 mm. And it was uh, and it was just epic to share that that journey with you and, and you know Jimmy was there and Kenny and everyone was there and yeah. all the other crew. It was just it was really one of my favourite parts of you know my twenty three years of body science and sport was seeing that happen. Probably because I, you should tell your story about getting into the squad because for all those kids out there that are borderline or think should I shouldn't I should yeah. I should I keep training or should I let's go to Europe and party or do whatever you you didn't have a hey I'm gifted look at me go I'm I'm in this you sort of came from nowhere. Yeah, you tell, do you want to tell your story on how, how it all happened? Kind of like every kayaker, I came from a surf background. Like I always yeah. did surf as a kid. And my brother and sister, they started doing kayaking to improve their ski leg. And obviously me being a youngest child, um, can't be left out of anything. Um, I was like, oh, I want to do it too. And I was too young at the time, but uh, my mom 
uh, was able to convince the coach. Just you know, just to convince him. <laughs> oh, convince I can't, him I can't get him to shut up. Just <laughs> let him do it. Um, yeah, and then um, and then so that's kind of how the kayaking started, and then it went from from doing that on the beach at, at Pizzy Park, um, where we train now. Um, I, I was training out there, and I remember seeing the older boys train from there too. And you know, like I, you know, I was always just like watching them, obviously when they were paddling past, like oh, they're bloody they're giants. Yeah. And then I just I went away. I went. I started to just focus a bit more on swimming because I always wanted to be an Olympian. I didn't know how, but I always wanted to. And um, so I focused on swimming. And then uh, my kite coach at the time, or my kite coach before I went to just swimming was like, oh, there's this team called the Olympic Hopes. Um, you, you could potentially make like make the team. So I was like, um, you know, why not? And um, I was like, okay, well, it's in two weeks, the trials, like come and jump in a boat. And so that's what I did. And then I made that team called Olympic Hopes. And then we went overseas and um, I got a, a silver and a bronze medal at the Olympic Hope Regatta in, in uh, it was in Poland. Um, and then I came back and Jimmy, I remember the day I, I walked into the shed. There's all these guys what it would have been 2015 so they're like you know fighting fit ready for the olympics basically and uh and jimmy's like oh this is this is tom green he just won a silver and a bronze at, at the uh, olympic hopes regatta and uh he's 15 he's um coming here to train i'm like oh okay like <laughs> some some big people here some very fit people mm-hmm. here i'm like all right i'll give it a shot and i just like i, I was out the back door like you know instantly um and uh yeah and then because uh, there was no in-between group uh, in queensland there was no uh, development squad at the time um there was nothing like this that that there is now and this has you know big roles do with um with kenny kenny's part of the the development um now here in australia which is really good yeah so i started out and um so i was kind of just getting thrown around to all these different coaches and um, i can actually remember how many coaches i had uh in two years i had six different paddle coaches so um and all of them were completely different yeah, you know um you know i did uh, a lot of work with curtis mcgrath um in the in the preparation for rio uh, i did k2 uh, i did i was in the k1 with the k2 girls as well i was training with them every now and again uh some sessions i'd go to you know the the senior men's squad and i'd get absolutely teed up um and then just these two other coaches where i'd go and like get trained by and um you know they'll just be in a tinny like they're not getting paid a cent they're just yeah. doing it because they know the sport they've been in it before awesome, it? yeah and then um yeah and then 2017 i made the team i was i was i just made the the under 18s team and they only took me out of selectors discretion because i was just i was slow i was I was pretty big too. I was, you know, nearly 103 kilos. I was, yeah. I was definitely, I call it a gross bet, but it was uh, the other direction. And then, uh, yeah, they took me overseas. Uh, they actually tried to get me to, so I had to sign a waiver to go overseas because uh, they, like, I got, I had bulging discs, like the, I had some back pain and I got an x-ray and then they're like, oh, you're not allowed to go. You got to pull off the team. Your back's the age of, a, uh, your back's the age of a 70 year old. I'm like, wow. oh, you know, um, and then it turns out that a lot of people that do a sport that are sitting in a slumped position, generally get yeah, their backs look a Makes little sense. different yeah. yeah yeah um and then i went away and um yeah i had to sign this waiver and then i came home uh when we competed i was like oh we just got teed up you know we're, we're, i'm slow i was like well if i'm gonna make the 23s team next year i'm gonna have to make some like big jumps so this was um going into 2018 and then i came home i was like running and riding in between each session like trying to train with the the big boys i like to say back then and uh yeah kind of just flogging myself and then um and then you know Kenny was like, "Oh, the boat you're in is too small. Like, you need a bigger boat." And he goes, "Oh, here's here's a boat to use." So Kenny got me a, a boat that actually fit me. Um, thanks to Nello Australia yeah. and Jimmy and all them. And um, yeah. And then I was kind of just I overcompensated um to make the 23s team and I made the senior team.
team uh, when I was 18. Did you skip 23s? Yeah, so I, so I still went and competed and we got gold in the K2 with a guy called Joel McKittrick. Yeah, and then that senior worlds, we got fourth in the K4. And then um, then I was like, oh, next year I want to get K1. I want to I want to get the K1 spot. And then I was like, then I was training for that. And then I got the K1 spot. Um, then I was unfortunate I wasn't able to race it at the world champs because, uh, you know, um, we had to qualify uh, positions onto the Olympic team. And then I was like, oh, after that, I was obviously pretty, you know, pretty angry. I was like, oh, this is not going to happen again. I'm, you know, I'm going to make the, I'm going to make the senior team for the K1000. That's what I want to do. They threw um, Jean and I together because uh, we thought that because you could, we had two K2s, two K1s, one K4. It was the first time uh, it was ever um, being able to be done at an Olympics. So yeah, that's what we did. And then because of that, uh, Jean and I, yeah, we tra- started training the K2 and then we went and we, we made the team for the K2. We won the first selection race and then the second selection race, we got we got second. And then, yeah, that, that just, that's kind of, yeah, where, where we got in, in 2020 or 2019 for 2020. And then, yeah, then we had that extra year to try and refine what we were as a K2 and, and what, what I was doing in the K1 to, to be able to work on that. And um yeah it was it was a long it was a long break a long a long period but yeah so what's a day like for you i mean you obviously in your sport you've got your individuals your k2 k4 concepts so how much time do you spend in your own boat and how much time do you spend with others well, like, so the, the way that we do it is is you build your base in the K1. So mm-hmm. you've that's how you, it's like going for a run versus going for a, oh, I don't know, for, for a kayak, right? Yeah. For a K2. So you build your base in the K1, you build your speed, your endurance, all this in the K1. And then you come together in the K2 to obviously work on that together in the pair, but as well as like get comfortable with one another. So we'll do like leading into the games, we'll do basically every session will be K1 apart from uh, two sessions in K2. To, uh, on Saturday, it'll be a split session. You'll do K1 and K2, so three, I guess. Um, but yeah, so we, we do all of our work in the K1, um, you know, our speed endurance, our anaerobic threshold, our, you know, lactate tolerance, all this stuff. So um, yeah, so it's just, it's I guess it's a it's a fine line and it's a balancing act from from our support staff, from our coaches that, um, that are able to make that possible um, for us to be able to uh, not be fresh because you're never going to be fresh until, you know, the week of your race or the day of your race. But it's just trying to keep it all working together and all all working for each other rather than having something take away from your you know your performance in in the K one or, or in the K two. So yeah, it's just a really fine balancing, yeah, nice. really fine line. And man, do you guys paddle through injuries? You paddle through, or is is it is it one of those sports that you need to address something very quickly? Well, obviously everything you've got to address it as fast as you can um and majority of our stuff is all injury prevention because i mean you talked about bulging yeah. discs in a boat yeah was that four years before five years before the olympics uh that, yeah that, oh that would have been six years that would be 2015 uh 2016 sorry yeah, that's a, 2017 that's a, that's a big play that's the thing is is we don't have a policy around it um but for me you know i, I try and train through everything i can right like mm. i try and train through sickness through through injury and that'd be a bit of the kenny wallace book of how to be an athlete <laughs> wouldn't it well yeah well well, I, I paddled if you're not with training. You better be dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, hundred percent. And I nearly, I nearly, nearly pushed myself there. I had, yeah, that's you know, good. Yeah, well, leading into the games, yeah, you know, I had chronic tonsillitis for over six months, oh, and wow. it was undiagnosed. Even though you know, I've spoken to the doctors saying, "Hey, I've got tonsillitis. Can I get some antibiotics?" And you know, somehow they they just kept saying, "I don't have it." And then, um, you know, it got to a stage where I was like, "I can't breathe in training." Like, like I'll keep going. 
but I'd like be holding my breath for, you know, yeah. what felt like an eternity at the time. Um, and then I was like, oh, I want an ENT appointment. Like I, I want to hear it from an actual specialist. And as soon as I went in there, he's like, this is bad. You've yeah. got you've got chronic tonsillitis. These need to be out. It wasn't an easy journey to that gold medal, was it? No, nah, no, it wasn't, you know. But um, I guess that's also what makes it like okay, so much more special, worth it. Yeah. So Speaking yeah. of that, being a 20 at the time, 21-year-old athlete, 22? Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I was 21. Birthday around that yeah, time. Yeah, 22 right? for the yeah. games, yeah. So it's a gold medal, everything you thought it was. Like, do you paddle for a different purpose now? I mean, the gold medal is obviously the ultimate dream. Mm. You've got that. You're 22 years old. What's, what is getting you out of bed now? Mm. I mean, you did things a little differently. You got a gold medal and went on a trip overseas. Mm. You didn't come back and do the media and all the things that a lot of athletes you know, um, do. And we love it. We love yeah. athletes coming home and being there for us. Yeah, you, you took a different path. You wanted time and did your thing. I do a lot of studies in relation to you know happiness scores and mm. all that type of stuff. What now that you've got a gold medal and it's not the major driver as to why our happiness is, but getting it would have been the most epic thing that ever happened in the world. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. Is that still your driver? Oh, 100 percent. Something like around that. So, so Jean and I, we got the Olympic record in the heat. And we beat the Germans that were non-defeated. Yep. And uh, both Jean and I had the the mindset of, all right, let's forget about this. Let's just totally forget about it. Didn't happen. Let's focus on the next race. And um, for me, since being back, as much as yeah, sharing that that success and that medal with you know the people that are around me, the people that have supported me. Uh, to be honest with you, I just kind of forget about it, you know, because at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, it's it, it is just you know it's a it's just a medal. But the result, obviously, I paddled down that course. I know what it was like. And, and for me, that's my that's my internal drive is is you know just you know do your job I guess and yeah. um but but now the thing that's getting me out of bed is I just I just uh I want to try and I, I want to repeat you know obviously I want to repeat that and I, I guess also I just uh, obviously I haven't forgotten about it but I just you know put that to bed that's you know that's yeah. that's what happened then and you know uh, I, I don't want to you know just be a one and done I want to you know push my body to the absolute limit and try and i guess try and outdo you know my last performance um which obviously <laughs> be yeah. quite hard um and i don't know how but um i think a repeat is definitely a way to do that and obviously i don't want to just be a repeat i want to do as much as i can um and uh you know for me for me i just you know obviously i just love it like i, I love pushing myself i love training um uh, I, I just love everything that comes with it you know to an extent <laughs> not not all the things but majority of the stuff you know and especially the people that i'm i'm surrounded by in my in my tight-knit circle um so i just yeah i truly just enjoy it and you know i've put that result behind me um to you know allow myself to focus on the next one because you know um there's many ways you can win an olympic medal and you know i, I want to try and find you know the i don't know i, I just want to find more performance out of myself and out of my teammates um and you know uh i just try and push myself as well as uh, everyone around me as much as i can because you know um i think with with even coaching and, and physios and stuff uh, you as well you know um we we push each other to try and get that to extract the, the highest performance you know out of out of that and uh, if everyone's running like a well-oiled machine um you know there's you know there's definitely room for improvement so yeah no, that's that's really cool when you're at the olympics um are you getting like drug tested all day every like Kenny, Kenny comes in and says, oh, he used to tell me I've had another so many drug tests. And I go, mate, you are the most drug tested athlete in the world. Mm. Since your gold medal, has that your level of being under the microscope exploded? I guess I can't talk from, from their perspective because, you know, you would never hear their perspective. They just turn up and they, they mm. test you. Um, You know, like we're getting tested heaps, even through COVID, like 
you know, you know, they just wore a mask. You know, COVID restrictions didn't matter. Mm. You know, many people in your house didn't matter. Like they're there to get bloods, get urine, um, and and test you. And uh, you know, for me, it's just like it's it's a good thing because you want to be racing against people that are clean. And um, you know, the way that we do it here in Australia is the best and the strictest. You know, there's gold standard. Yeah, it's it's absolute gold standard. And a part of me is annoyed that other countries aren't like that. And um, you know, there's there's so many that aren't like strict at all. And you know, obviously, we've gone hungry, and you'd get tested there, and it's just like this just would not fly in Australia. Like this is just so wrong. Like I, I, I guess that there is a bit more of a, a spotlight on on myself for, for that. But again, I can't really tell you. And um, you know, I've been tested you know just like normally because normally i get tested often as well and i did find it a bit strange i was the only person to get tested on the podium like so <laughs> they, right? they didn't choose they didn't test jean they didn't test the germans they didn't test the czechs they just tested me for some reason i'm like come on there's a guy that's literally <laughs> he's bigger than me he's huge and there's there's another one in the german crew he's even bigger than me as well and he's like you know lean and he's strong and stuff and i'm like yeah you said you just test me like what why me <laughs> no, test everyone yeah i would have thought they would have tested every single person on the podium but they didn't and um i guess you know that's just what they did but i, I guess you could say yeah there, there is a bit more of a limelight on me if i was the only one tested there but yeah just pretty normal though we always get tested yeah because you for, for people out there that don't understand how drug testing works do you want to explain how you've got to tell people where you are you've like the whole scenario so basically you get put on this like register where you've um, you've got to log uh, an hour time slot for every single day, no matter what. Um, uh, and be hard for you because you're always late. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I, I was early today. Yeah. But so uh, basically, what happens is you got to put an hour time slot every single day, no matter where you are, no matter what country. Um, and then your sport, they have to put they have to put out a certain amount of people to get tested. So they'll do that, and then obviously we'll get tested, and then you'll get WADA, like the world any doping agency would they'll be like we want to test them and then so basically you can get tested by three different bodies your sport um asada which is australia and then um or informed sport and then water as well um and because of that uh we have to you know be extremely strict like you can't if if you're away from home um in that time slot uh they're not allowed to call you right um and you've got 30 minutes to turn up so if if you're if you don't turn up you get one strike and you get three strikes you get a ban from what what i know so yeah no it's pretty strict it is isn't it yeah they turn up everywhere yeah everywhere legit like um uh so we'll be at a hotel in um in in europe and you've because you've got to change obviously your overnight accommodation but you also have to put a, a daily activity in as well so so i guess that's two hour time slots right so not just one but you've got to put two so you've got to do say like one hour in the evening like where you're staying your overnight accommodation but then you've also got to put one daily activity so say if you go to work or whatever you have to put your work address in or say obviously for me i've got my training like where i'll be in the morning for training so and you you have to do that then you have to log competitions as well and then um obviously then you have to change your accommodation when you're there and they just yeah if you get a result when you're at a competition even if you're not um even if you didn't um register where it was going to be you know they're there anyway because they just test you know as much as they can and you have to log um supplements and all other things as well or is that more sport related uh, well, so we don't log them to WADA or to ASADA. They do have something where um, you can look up the like batch numbers and all this. Um, they've also got, you know, uh, they've also got things for like recommended stuff. Like uh, they, they, yeah, they can't, yeah, that word. yeah, they can't recommend, <laughs> they, yeah, they, they can't recommend supplements, but basically it's like a, if 
you do stay away from these yep. if you do take them like these ones we have a third party program yeah have yep. a third party yeah so and then um but then also then on top of that uh our sporting association so we log everything so um you know i'll get supplements and then they like i'll i'll send photos uh of of the front the flavor and then the serial number and they'll log it into this thing called ams mm-hmm. Um, don't ask me what it stands for. It's probably pretty simple, but I don't know. Um, and then, so then basically they're tracking every single supplement you always take, uh, that you always have just in case, you know, you yeah. know, stuff does happen. Um, then you can, you know, go back to that and check everything and even supplements that they get us. So sometimes um, they'll get us like uh, supplements uh, in and around travel um, and they'll obviously log that themselves. But then at the end of the day, if they give it to us as well and it's tested, still your problem. It's still my problem. Mm. So, um, um, so that's why you've got to obviously have a lot of trust, but also just got to be very careful. So it's a tough gig, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But hey, it's worth it. Clean sport, like. But that's the thing is, I wish it was like this, yeah. you know, everywhere. And obviously, there is that standard of of you have, like have to test negative. But um, you know, there's many countries that you would have heard of that have um, that have done it for for decades. So yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Netflix series about it. I should watch it. It's good. Mate, it's been awesome having you on. I would, I'd, I could talk to you for hours. You're such a good, good person. Is there any? Um, are we going to have? Are you going to shout out to Mum? Because I mean, people out there wouldn't know, but you're a big mummy's boy. I mean, you, you obviously don't want me to say it that way, but you are a big mummy's boy. Like your mum is a very cool human. Mm. Well, um, yeah, of course, you know, um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for all the things that she's done for me. So, you know, um, the amount of things that she sacrificed for me is definitely unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and she takes that all, you know, because it's, you know, it's what she does. You know, it's what she's done for me and my and my family and my brother and my sister. Um, but you know, she was like, you know, she was a shift worker. She was a police officer, and she would literally she would get home from work at who knows what time in the morning, and then she will take us. She'll wake us up and she would take us straight to training. Yeah. You know, early. Crack of dawn, and then um, you know, and then time she would also uh, you know she'll be getting ready for work, and she'll take us to training, and then she'll go to work, and then you know we'll ride or whatever. So um, you know, she's done a lot for for me and my family, and uh, you know I wouldn't be here without her. And uh, you know I've got absolutely you know uh, all the time in the world for her, and I like I want to obviously I want to give back to her as much as I can, but there's just you know there's things that I can't do because it's just impossible to mm-hmm. to you know give that time and all that that she's given me over the years, and also you know, obviously the financial back you know at the at the you know the start of my career where every international trip was paid for yourself and where you know every boat every paddle every supplement every pair of sunnies every you know absolutely everything um, was all paid for by you know, obviously my mom so that's why I'm so grateful for for that you know you can say I'm a mummy's boy but I think I just I really just I really appreciate what she's done for me and and you know who she's made me and, and my brother and my sister so you know I truly wouldn't be you know who I am if it wasn't for my mom and my brother and my sister so. Man, I love that. Yeah. But I also just want to include that so she didn't ring me up and say, well, I didn't <laughs> talk about me and all the good things I did for him. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> just cut that out and I'll send it to her. <laughs> I remember when you were um, finishing a circuit. I remember when you were, you came in a few days before leaving the Olympics and I've gone, how are you feeling? And you're like, yeah, I'm good. You know, the typical, I'm going to talk it down type stuff that an athlete does. And I remember going, have you prepared your, your speech for when you win? No, no, I'll be all right. And I've gone, right. So come in with me, mate. And we went out, went out the back and we grabbed your subs and we did this and we're out with the girls out the front. And I put the camera on you and start asking you questions and you're like, ah, um, I froze. <laughs> <laughs> now, dude, there's going to be cameras from all over the world when you win. Let's get this shit right. And yeah. The big one was remember to say thanks to mum. Yeah. Because, yeah, she's been in here. She's a she's a good person and I, 
I know the story you gave. There was a very quick fluffed over one. It's a lot deeper, and mm. she's done some cool shit. Yeah, no, she is. She does some cool shit now, and I just love the fact that you're you you just epitomise what your mum built as a young boy into a young man, and you are truly one of the great people in sport. And I think you've got a massive hit future in giving more to people than just what you achieve on the water i think you can you can bring a lot to a lot of people in the future and I look forward to getting your shit together and making those type of things happen yeah no thanks for that eh? yeah. yeah i really appreciate it cool and don't, don't turn up without a coffee ever again <laughs> hey you didn't send me a message yeah i know but that's that's average there's a box down there full of clean coffee i've got a heap of coffee i know yeah. <laughs> i probably said to you i've got some coffees i was just going to mix up i was just going to mix up a Packet of that clean coffee into a into a takeaway cup. I know, <laughs> yeah, I know. It doesn't it doesn't really look like a normal made coffee because it's got a lot of stuff in it. But thanks for coming on. It's been awesome chatting with you, and uh, I look forward to spending a lot more time. Awesome. No, thank you. Thank you for having me.